egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SNL Network's Monday Night Roundtable covering the John Mulaney and LCD Sound System episode of Saturday Night Live. And I have been so excited to talk about this episode from the moment it aired on Saturday all the way to now on Monday night, just because, I mean, the moments that we had in this one it's what you dream about as an SNL fan. So uh, I'm very excited to break it down with a really fun panel tonight. We're going to talk through that Five Timers Club sketch, the Mulaney musical. We'll talk about John Mulaney's history with SNL. And uh, it's going to be really, really exciting for this episode and the next two that we have during this run of shows. So I uh, hope you can join us live. If you're joining us live in the chat, make sure to put your comments in the chat. Always great to see that on the Monday nights to get to interact with all of you. And introducing our panel that we he have here tonight let me introduce Kaylee Morrison. Kaylee, how are you? I am great. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. It's, uh, I mean, it, it's been about a month. So Kaylee, everything going well in your life? It is. It is. Just plugging away, doing doing stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, stuff. yes, exactly. Kaylee, always, give us just a little bit more insight. We always we always want to get that here. But uh, really, really great to to get to talk to you, Kaylee. Always about SNL. It's been fun having you on the shows all season. Um, another guy that's My great pleasure. to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Into season two of podcasting with us is the great Sammy K. So Sammy, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well, John. Uh, it's uh, you know in the heat of Oscar season, which if you guys know me, I'm a big Oscar, Oscar Isaac junkie. Season. Oscar Isaac season, which we'll talk about later, but no, everything's good. Uh, I'm just uh, excited to talk about this episode of SNL. Yes, and Sammy's coming off a great appearance on Hollywood Dish. He basically spent about an hour talking about Pete Davidson and Kanye West, and <laughs> Pete Davidson was nowhere to be found on this episode. I, I, I think he pronounced his name wrong. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to go with Skeet. Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Great to talk with you, Sammy. Looking forward to getting into this episode. And then uh, joining us, I haven't got to talk to her in a while, and I'm so excited to get to talk to you. And that is Gabby Forbes Bennett. Gabby, how are you? I'm great. I'm just very excited to be here and talk about SNL yet again. <laughs> yes, for sure. It's really fun to get to talk to you, Gabby. I know that uh, you're local in New York. You've been to the show a couple times this season. So, you know, just mm -hmm. getting that insight for somebody who's been in the studio is always really great. So, yeah, of looking course. forward to it. Cool. All right. So let's talk about John Mulaney and his history at Saturday Night Live. So obviously he was a writer from 2008 to 2012. He was there from season 34 to 37, most known for writing Stefan. I mean, that's the main thing that everybody says, you know, John Mulaney was always changing the cue cards during Bill Hader's run as Stefan on Weekend Update, which was really, you know, sort of near the end of, you know, a really great era of SNL. And it was, you know, it was really fun to get to hear about John Mulaney's involvement, especially the last time Bill Hader hosted a few years back, which was right before John Mulaney hosted for the first time. We actually saw John Mulaney appear on Weekend Update with Bill Hader. So that was a really, really cool thing, which preceded what was going to be an incredible run, something that we don't see in modern days of SNL. Back in the day, in the 1970s, if SNL liked you as a host, whether you were Steve Martin or Buck Henry or Elliot Gould or Candice Bergen, you were going to come back many times. They don't do this now. So what we got to see from John Mulaney in the last uh, you know, three plus years is five hosting appearances. It's just incredible. So Kaylee, please tell me your thoughts on John Mulaney coming back to host for the fifth time. 
I always love when John Mulaney comes. He's such a great performer. He's one of these um, uh, people that we know from SNL as a writer that then turn out like like Conan, uh, that then turn out to be an amazing performer. And it kind of just makes you wonder, like, hmm, I wonder if like that would have been how that would have been if he got to be a cast member. But it's great to have him host. Maybe that's even better. Um, he does such a great job. He is just unbelievably talented. So, Sammy, were you excited when you saw the John Mulaney card pop up about a month ago? Was I excited? How's that even a question? Obviously, uh, I was pumped, um, as I always am when John Mulaney hosts the show. Um, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, John, on the shows that, like, you know, his era when he was a writer was like how I got into SNL, you know, that, you know, cast of Bill and, and Kristen and, and Jason. So, um, and it was the kind of thing where I remember um, one time watching the show when I was a kid and, you know, this guy comes up, they're like, oh, I'm here, here to talk is John Mulaney. And I'm like, who's John Mulaney? He's not a guy who's on the cast. He's not like, I had no idea at that time, like his association with the show. And then the flash forward years later um, and just to kind of see the career he's had both, you know, within SNL and outside of SNL. Um, it's just really cool to see, you know, this era have like, kind of like you said, like a Steve Martin or a Buck Henry, kind of like a recurring host that kind of like defines this era of the show in a way. It's a really great question that you brought up, you know, based on what you just said, Sammy, and, and I'll send this over to you, Gabby, for your thoughts on John Mulaney, which is, is John Mulaney this era's host? You know, we always think about, you know, what were the hosts of previous eras? Was Timberlake, you know, the previous era's host, uh, you know, among others? But would you associate John Mulaney best with this era of the show? And what were your thoughts on having John back on the show? Yeah, I mean, I was super excited to see that he was going to host yet again, because I just think that it's always fun when someone who has worked on the show, whether it be, you know, a previous cast member or a writer in this case, um, just to see how they kind of mesh with the cast. I feel like they bring something else to the show because they obviously are familiar with the people there. They're familiar with this kind of writing and this kind of comedy. And ju it's just so exciting to see how that kind of um, transfers onto the screen. Definitely. Uh, Sammy, you, like, would you say that there are any other hosts in this era that you think would be more closely associated with this era of the show? I mean, I wouldn't say like more closely related than John Mulaney. I mean, there's obviously some that like kind of come to mind. I mean, Larry David, another writer, you know, was able to host, you know, a couple of times during this era, but you know, I just think like it's hard. I mean, when you have the numbers, you have the numbers. So like Mulaney, especially in like this amount of time, obviously like this era of the show goes all the way back to kind of like 2012, 2013 when like Cecily and Kay and AD all joined the show. So obviously this is maybe a recency bias thing to where like he's only been hosting the last couple of years, but no, I don't think anyone tops John Mulaney in that regard. Okay, so Kaylee, get in on this conversation. Do you associate this era of Saturday Night Live with John Mulaney as a host? Uh, I, I'm very, I'm super impressed uh, that he has racked up his number of hosting gigs uh, as as quickly as he has. I think that's really impressive, and that really speaks to. I, I believe how endeared Lorne Michaels uh, and the powers that be are to John Mulaney, which I think is well-deserved. Um, but I think you're right, John. I, I feel like, I don't know if this era um, has the same relationship with hosts as it did say back in the seventies. So, so if, if I felt that eras now could have a particular host, John Mulaney would probably be in that top 
you know, tier for sure. But um, yeah, I guess I think more of like host is being like there to promote something most of the time now. Yeah, I think in terms of style, like when you think about this current cast, obviously there's a lot of drama kids, you know, people who, you know, love theater and stuff like that. So the fact that every time John Mulaney shows up, there's something musical around sort of makes me feel like the tone of a John Mulaney episode really matches the current cast and why they gel so much with him. And probably besides the fact that he's been well connected at SNL, you know, why they bring him back so much is because everybody has so much fun with him when he's at the show. Uh, but you know, the other thing that I think we have to talk about when it comes to John Mulaney is obviously, uh, you know, he gets, you know, very personal with all the stuff that's happening in his life. And, you know, this time, there was a ton of stuff that happened between, you know, the fourth time John Mulaney hosted in the fifth. And, you know, just just on, on a personal level, uh, this is the first time on our podcast that we get to cover a host for the second time. It's the first time that we, you know, we, we covered him in 46 and now we get to cover him in 47. So it's cool for us. But, you know, I, I so now I can properly gauge how much time between the last time he hosted and this time. But just the amount that has happened to him between, you know, the changes in his uh, relationships and him going to rehab, obviously, that he spoke about in his monologue. Um, so how does that impact, you know, our view of, of him as a host in terms of his ability to share about, you know, what's going on in his life? Is it more fascinating as an SNL viewer that we get that insight into him? So, Kaylee, can I ask you, how did you feel about, you know, everything that's happened to John Mulaney since the last time he's hosted and getting to hear about it? I think this should be studied. But first of all, I, I got to see him on his um, From Scratch tour earlier uh, in this past year uh, in Atlanta. And so a lot of the same jokes are from the the set he did in his live show. Um, but I have to say, if you get a chance to go see From Scratch, like he goes way deeper. And it's like a whole different John Mulaney than even what we saw on SNL. So um, I recommend it again. Go see him. If you're a Mulaney fan, go see him. Um, Cause yeah, he gets into some dirty details <laughs> uh, that are pre- that are pretty fun. I won't spoil for anybody, but um, but yeah, it's to see how like the media and uh, you know the pop culture has just honed in on John Mulaney's personal life in this past year and some change has been really interesting. And uh, I, I learned the the word parasocial relationship from all of this so right. yeah i don't know it's actually it's made him a little bit more human to me i, I loved him before I, I thought he was you know such a great um comedian writer performer uh but it's 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 been weird to see this kind of like um i won't say this person who maybe seemed like a goody two shoes but you know he's not really uh kind of evolve into this you know person with a more complicated past than i think most of us understood yeah, I, I love that because I feel that John Mulaney, if you didn't know everything that was going on, seems just like such a nice, normal, like good person. And I'm not, you know, he is. He might be the nicest person in the world. But, but you know, obviously there's a lot going on there. So, Sammy, how did you feel about, you know, knowing what we knew about him going into this episode and then what we ended up seeing in, in another monologue where he described what's happening in his life? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely a question, right, after all that went down, you know, last year as to whether or not he would kind of keep up this streak he has going. Um, so when it was announced, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like I obviously knew that, you know, he's been like doing shows again and everything like that. And he clearly has plenty of material to draw from over this past year, but it was definitely a different Mulaney, somewhat different Mulaney when he kind of came up on stage 
to do his monologue. And I thought, you know, the, the beginning of his set was kind of like a lot darker than, you know, you typically get from him, kind of like going into his kind of the two shoes persona. But I mean, it totally makes sense. You know, if he were to, you know, come out on stage and not address anything that's happened, you know, people would be like, you know, what are you doing? We, we, we know we can read the headlines and everything like that. But, um, you know, I, I have not been able to go see uh, his new, t- uh, his tour going on. Like I, I really would like to, but I mean, he definitely was able to kind of tap into that different sort of, you know, comedy, um, that kind of darker tone. I mean, the whole story that he told about, you know, him and his drug dealer breaking up and how, it, you know, it wasn't <laughs> actually like his drug dealer. It was like a painter and like, you know, <laughs> and, and, then, and then how he was even able to like transition to like a story with his, um, his newborn son about like the pacifiers and how, you know, they recalled the pacifiers and then he's like, you know, he can relate to how like, I want to use those, but it can kill me. You know, it was, I don't know. Like it was definitely like a different side of Mulaney that we saw, um, you know, this past weekend. And I'm really glad we did, you know, like you were kind of saying, Kaylee, it was like definitely kind of makes him feel like more of a real kind of person with real issues. And it's not anything I've ever gone through, thankfully, but you know, it's, we, we all go through struggles. So I think it definitely made him a lot more relatable and I'm glad he was able to show that this past weekend. Well, I think what the great thing is, is like, we obviously know if you're a big fan of Saturday Night Live, you know how many people have struggled there. And and even Mulaney in his monologue, he mentioned, it is wonderful to be in a place that's always emphasized sobriety and mental health. Which, which I thought was like a really great line. But we don't always get the insight into the person, somebody who's willing to talk about it. And I think that's what makes Mulaney so great and relatable is he's willing to share almost everything about his life. And I think that's that's why people connect to him. So Gabby, let me get your thoughts on Mulaney's uh, monologue and you know the insight into his life. Yeah, so when I first heard that he was going to host, kind of like what Kaylee mentioned earlier, I generally associate um, SNL hosts with people who are trying to promote something. And so nothing immediately came to mind. I don't know if he's still on tour, maybe, um, of what he could be going to promote. And so my mind immediately went to, well, is he going to, I don't know, set the record straight or just kind of poke some fun about himself because he's been making some waves in the news as of late. And so, I mean, in the monologue, he clearly did a little bit of both, I think mostly poking fun at himself. And I think that the way that he ended up going about it, honestly, was incredible. I couldn't think of anything that would have been better than the way that he handled this. Like what Sammy just said about how he was able to talk about something so heavy, but then still have a lightness to it in a sense. Like, I mean, he spoke about his addiction and then spoke about his newborn son in a way that just transitioned so smoothly. And I just thought that it was an incredible way of just, you know, bringing attention to these kind of hot topics in his life without making it seem like, you know, it was something that was so, so intense, if that makes sense. Right. As, as he would say, welcome to my world, homie. There so, yeah, yeah thanks, <laughs> thanks for letting us in, John. So I appreciate that. And uh, we're going to talk all about, you know, some of the sketches that we want to talk about from the Mulaney episode. Usually on these Monday Night Roundtables, we dive deep into the cold opens and, you know, why did SNL choose to go in a certain way in a certain direction? Obviously, there's not so much to evaluate when it comes to the cold open that was chosen for this week. You know, the uh, the uh, Ukrainian chorus Dumka of New York. 
uh, was there this week with Cecily and Kate leading off the show. Uh, obviously, a, a poignant choice by Saturday Night Live to decide to go ahead and do something more sentimental. I guess what I do want to discuss with the panel before we dive deeper into the episode is, uh, like I said uh, on the Hot Take Show, SNL can go in one or two ways when something serious happens in the world. They can either go with something like this or they can you know, choose to try and find a way to tackle the issue without offending too many people. When, and you know that's a very, very delicate thing to do. So they obviously took the route that you know, meant the most to a lot of people. And uh, was that the right choice for a comedy show? I don't ever know what the right answer is with something like this, but I would love to just get the panel's opinion on something like that. So Kaylee, can I ask what were your thoughts on seeing the cold open and the way that it was done? Yeah, I, I suspected that they would make a, a choice like they, they ultimately did. And I, I think, um, you know, I kind of agree with you, John. I don't know if there's ever like a clear cut right or wrong answer, but if I had to pick, I'd say it was probably the right choice. It was definitely, um, especially on Saturday, um, by that time it was uh, on everyone's minds and, um, you know, very, um, just present, uh, and, and, um, all of our thoughts. Um, yeah, I have, I have deeper thoughts. I don't know if I, if I want to go into them here and now, but, um, but yeah, I, I think they, they did an appropriate, appropriate way that, that worked to, to address that particular issue. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, if you if there's anything that you do want to say about it, feel free. Uh, we're in a you know we're just just the fans of Saturday Night Live here, so we're in a open. It might space. come up with like weekend update. We'll we'll see. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll get to that later on. Perfect. So, Sammy, let's get your thoughts on what we saw t- uh, this week from the cold open. Yeah, I mean, when you know that first open, then Kate and Cecily come out to introduce them. Um, you know, I, I kind of going into the episode thought, you know, I was thinking to myself how they were going to handle it, and I think they definitely made the right call. You know, there's been times in the past where um, you know they they choose to go in this direction, and sometimes I feel like maybe maybe that's not the the time to do it. Maybe there is a time to like bring in humor to the situation, but I think especially because it's so fresh, you know, like it, you know it just happened only a couple of days before Saturday. You know, there's not enough time to have any sort of funny take on what's going on. So I think it was definitely the right way to go, and also just in general, I mean. It was like a very like short and sweet, like I think it was like less than two minute, you know, performance. And I think that even alone, just like cold opens can kind of learn from like even not in like a time when like there's a tragedy going on, you know, like we always talk about the cold opens being too long, but like, you know, I just felt like the pacing of this episode was like kind of helped by, you know, kind of like a short kind of start to the episode. So I I think overall it was like a very good decision that the show made and i'm very curious to see in the coming weeks kind of how as this develops you know how snl plans to cover it yeah uh, that's the most fascinating part i mean to me obviously like you know the choice was made this week and i i do wonder if you know potentially doing something like this uh gives saturday Night Live the ability to then perform the high wire act of trying to find humor in this situation because it's like, okay, we did do the somber choice in the first week and obviously this is not going away. So now we can find some type of spin on it. But I mean, Gabby, whatever they end up doing, I'm going to be like, careful. (laughs) So that's that's how I feel. So how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I echo everything that's been said already. Um, I do think that it was the better choice to have a more somber moment, um, especially because it's a bit, I feel maybe too soon 
or a lot of people will probably say that it's too soon to start poking fun at it. And they will probably definitely start, you know, easing into it in the um, coming episodes, easing into the humor and finding some humor in something likely at the high level with some Putin impersonations. Um, but I also agree that it wasn't, it, it was more somber and a bit, I feel maybe not that political in that it was, you know, just a choir singing, you know, it's not like they were getting up there and just taking a stance and, I don't know, preaching for lack of a better word. So I think that it was a nice way of kind of towing that line. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so look, I I would, you know, just want to reiterate to all of our listeners, uh, I definitely, I get this data, you know, when I look at the podcast and stuff, we have listeners all around the world, not just in the United States or Canada. Uh, we're very fortunate that people from all around the world have checked out our shows. So uh, I don't know where you're listening to this whenever you listen to this, but obviously our thoughts are with you because this, you know, it does affect a certain area of the world, but not just that. There's people all around the world who connect to something like this for one reason or another. So, uh, you know, wishing our best to everybody and hoping that this situation turns around very, very soon. Okay. Let's talk about the John Mulaney episode and the sketches that we want to talk about. So Kaylee, I will send it over to you. What sketch do you want to start with? Oh, I wanted to talk about the um, the please not destroy with with the good variant, as, as it were. <laughs> okay, uh, the Galvini variant, as the they Gal call it. Yes, yes. Okay, so what did you like uh, or didn't about the please not destroy pre-tape? I thought it was just, first of all, like, I always thought they were good. Please don't destroy, I mean. Uh, I was a little skeptical when they first appeared this season because I was like, oh, we already have so many cast members that we're not getting to, to really see. And, you know, who are these guys? And, you know, but like, I have to say they they just become so charming and we can totally see why and how they earned their spot. I thought the sketch itself was especially uh, following the previous sketch where um, uh, what was that one called? Someone remind me the with oh. the. Um, yeah, careful. Yeah, that careful. one. The dinner. Careful, yeah. yes, careful. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I felt like careful was the reality of how a lot of us are feeling. And like, which actually made me feel kind of like, ugh, like, yeah, this one hits a little too close to home. But then the the Please Don't Destroy sketch um, kind of flipped on its heads and like made made me like feel happy again. Because <laughs> like, it was like this world, this imaginary world of like, what if there was a good variant? What if... Paul Rudd's hopping in and here's Roker and a big old sandwich and Pokemon are real. Like, um, and I think my very favorite part besides the, the guest appearances of, of uh, Al Roker and Paul Rudd was um, the, it gives you long luscious locks. And all of a sudden they all had these beautiful um, gorgeous as SNL wigs typically are uh, wigs. So um, yeah, I, I just thought it was timed really well. And, and I think it was a great transition from the previous sketch. And also I thought the transition into the following sketch also worked really well. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to get to that. But obviously, you know, when it comes to just the please don't destroy pre-tape on its own, I mean, SNL released this separately from the Five Timers Club. So this is certainly a segment that we'll evaluate on its own. And uh, Sammy, I would love to get your thoughts on what we saw from please don't destroy this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to echo what Kaylee said, I, I really, really enjoyed uh, this uh, segment from them. Uh, I, this one might be my favorite they've done so far, maybe just because the energy with this one was so just like, was kind of like what I'm looking for from a lot of these pre-tapes, like 
you know, there's another pre-tape on this episode with the dog food, which I felt like was just like really dragging on. And this one is just like, just like moment after moment, joke after joke, just like hits you. And, and it was very effective. I mean, I, I felt like this was also, I, obviously they had earlier in the season, their sketch with Taylor Swift, you know, what I'm talking about where, um, three sad versions. Yes. Three sad versions. That one felt very lonely Island, but this one also felt very lonely Island to me, but like, not can, can I explore that? That's a, wait, let me just sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I have to ask you this: uh, yeah. Is just anybody who creates a pre-tape where people are dancing around, singing, and being happy considered Lonely Island? Did they monopolize that? <sighs> yes, I, it's <laughs> maybe like when it's associated with SNL. Maybe I mean, there's just things that like you see that pop up, and maybe it's like the Paul Rudd of it all. Like I associate Paul Rudd a lot with like a lot of that era of the show and Lonely Island, so maybe. That's part of it, but like, yeah, like the bringing in the sandwiches and, um, you know, the way it kind of escalated for me. I mean, maybe that's like a e- easy comparison to make. I think the pacing. Of, yeah. The pacing. I, I, I was just about to say that it was almost like the mm, what you say sketch, but like on drugs. <laughs> 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 just one after the other. <laughs> so it's just that the beats are so quick that that's what makes it like the Lonely Island. Okay. That's an interesting Maybe. perspective. I mean, it's also, it's like you have three, three white guys and another three white guys. You know? that, that is fair. Yes, that is <laughs> but no, that is no, I mean, fair. yeah, no, just uh, to kind of wrap this up. I mean, the, the music of it, uh, the song they used, like absolutely killed me. And yeah, I mean, Paul Rudd, when I saw him, when I, Saw Paul Rudd show up in the sketch. And this was at a point in the episode where I was like, okay, obviously they did the cold open, you know, the way they did. And the monologue was like a typical John Mulaney monologue. So I'm thinking like, oh, is there going to be any sort of five timers thing? So this was like the kind of the first hint. Like, all right, they had Paul Rudd in the building. And like, they gave him like such great material. And it was almost like kind of a, this and the five timer sketch was like a makeup in a way to Paul Rudd for the way his episode unfortunately went. Um, and you know, I love the energy he gave to the, you know, oh, the variant. This one actually made me sick at playing synth. And like, he does like Paul Rudd's done this in other things where like he like does this dance like that. And I associate that with Paul Rudd. Um, and yeah, so I, I love that as well as Sarah, as Sarah Sherman as the nurse. Like she, she, her association with these please don't destroy sketches have been have been great uh, every time she shows up. For sure. And that's what we said. We said, like, you got to get in with these guys because they're going to be they're going to be a thing. And then Sarah is, is, you know, obviously, you know, doing her own thing. But for sure on the show, it definitely helps to have her a part of these sketches. So, uh, yeah, I just think that, uh, Gabby, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this entire sketch. But I just wanted to say, uh, you know, Kaylee had mentioned the, you know, building this world and buying into it somewhere in my sick mind. I was watching this as this this was happening. And I was like, I really bought in for a second. I was like, imagine there was a good variant and that we could all just leave our homes and just celebrate and eat sandwiches and do like it just I just bought into it for a second. And it made me happy. And I guess, I don't know, (laughs) it was just so I was on such a high from it. Yeah, I mean, I felt the same. Um, I think it was mentioned earlier that it felt kind of like, I don't know, a fantasy place. And as I was watching it, the cuts and the um, the music and the pacing, just, I don't know if any of you are familiar, but it just kind of reminded me of like the Love Island introductions slash the little transition transition sequences that they have, where it's just, you know, very fast and supposed to be like 
glamorizing these people. And so it, they try to keep it like fun and upbeat. And so that's kind of what I related it to. And of course, always love Paul Rudd doing what I have dubbed uh, Paul Rudd face when he started doing the synth thing. As soon as he did that, you know, it's like it could be trademarked, honestly. Um, and lastly, I believe that uh, Fauci and Sweetie, Sweetie, uh, meet up oh, did absolutely happen in real life. I didn't realize that I needed that to happen in my life. <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. I am standing uh, Fauci and Sweetie. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love this. He just hooked up with Sweetie. <laughs> that was yeah. the best. It was, <laughs> it was the best. But yes, I do agree. I know this is not the Paul Rudd show, even though we, you know, we obviously uh, missed out on seeing some stuff from him. But uh, going back to his days uh, as uh, Mike from Friends, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Friends guy. Uh, just to see him this time playing the synth and whatever he was playing in Friends when he did something very similar. I mean, this is. Uh, th th it was just really cool, honestly, just to get to see them having so much fun. Um, Al Roker. I feel like if you were going to make a Please Don't Destroy and Lonely Island comparison. I'm pretty sure Roker was in one or two of those. So um, yeah, it was just it was great to have him back on the show and stuff like that. So um, this was all around a really great time. And obviously, uh, they're going to be immortalized. I mean, in history, because of the way that this one ended. And, you know, I, I have to think that uh, you walk away from the season and this will be the most memorable one because it carried us into uh, a five timers club sketch that Sammy, I know you are dying to talk about. So I will hand it off to you. Why did you want to talk about this one above all else? Ooh, all right. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm very excited to talk about this. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is the kind of sketch that, like, for me as an SNL fan, like, makes the amount of, like, hours, you know, obviously, like, I watch the show because I like the show, but, like, I, I've spent so many hours of my life watching and talking about SNL and before, I was on this podcast and it's like these sketches, these moments that you kind of are just like, yeah, like being an SNL fan is awesome. Like it felt like it like felt like watching a Marvel movie to me. I'm also like a big like Marvel person as well. But like, you know, it's just like the payoff that you get from seeing all these people who have such like a, a rich history with the show come in. I mean, uh, I mean, we'll take a step back here and just talk about how like they do the transition of them, and it's you know Steve Martin, Candice Bergen, and and Paul Rudd in the five timers jackets. Like you know, I love that transition, and then you know we get the five timers sketch, and yeah, as I said earlier, I was like kind of like I don't know if worried was the right word, but like it definitely like caught me off guard because you know they didn't do it in the cold open and they didn't do it in the monologue, and so as it started unfolding. You know, I, I even before even more people start to show up, I'm like, all right, this is like, and I felt it feels like we haven't gotten one of these in a while. Like we had the one with Jonah Hill um, a couple years back, but that was definitely, I, I like the kind of take they did it with, it was around the time of, you know, the Time's Up stuff. So it was like the all female, um, you know, five timers club sketch. But this is like, this is the first time we've had one in the lounge with like all these people since probably Justin Timberlake's episode, John, right? Like, so yeah. it's been like almost 10 years. So definitely the payoff uh, was super worth it. And then, you know, we, we keep going throughout the sketch and something I never thought would happen or something I like always hope would happen, happen. Conan O'Brien appearing on NBC, appearing on SNL. Um, I was so happy. I don't want to take credit for this, but earlier this year we did our host draft and I did draft Conan O'Brien second. 
from for my draft and you know people were like oh that's an interesting pick and i was like you know what you know this this is my my gift to the world maybe but no i mean seeing conan come out um it was just incredible conan was like as a kid like in, in middle school like i that was like the first like late night show along with snl that i really got into like i was very into the 2010 like tonight show feud like that was like my personality trait for a couple months around that time so yeah just everything about it like i thought was perfect it was like absolutely perfect and i don't want to keep talking i want to hear what everyone else has to say but i i loved it i loved it yeah live from new york it's saturday night Cody, we did that already This is incredible. Yeah, so great. Uh, Gabby, let me get your thoughts on what we saw from the Five Timers Club. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. It was like a bit of a reunion, I feel. Uh, Whenever they have these um, kind of Five Timers Club things or club things, it just feels like, I don't know, you're part of it with them because, you know, likely if you recognize the people who are there on the stage, then you've probably seen all of the episodes that they're in. So it feels like what Sammy said, like, um, I don't know, you put in all this time watching the show and really just enjoying seeing all of these people interact with each other, then to finally see them all come together with their uh, cameos. I guess there's so many people in the Five Timers Club right now that I just couldn't predict who was going to show up. I guess, you know, Paul Rudd and the Please Don't Destroy sketch was a bit of a hint. But um, yeah, it's great. I also really, really love the attention to detail. Um, for Tina Fey's cocktail, she mentioned um, Tracy Morgan's aquarium water. And I don't know if anyone noticed, but on the mantle uh, piece, there was a bottle that had his uh, his face on it, like a logo for his aquarium water, which was fantastic. Yeah, there was little details in this sketch, if you look at the set design, where they also had a Drew Barrymore portrait up at one point as well. And you could see if you look on the, I believe it was uh, stage left, but if you know on the right side of the screen, where you could see there's like a little hallway and they had a little picture up there. So we couldn't see what that was. Um, I will say from a set design perspective, and uh, I hope we get an opportunity to talk to some of the people who uh, work in this department at Saturday Night Live at some point. But if you're ever going to do a five-timers club sketch, again... Um, and hopefully, you know, everybody's still with us. Uh, there needs to be some type of plaque for Buck Henry. Uh, I think that that is something that has to be there. It's no longer with us, unfortunately, and was, you know, uh, like just one of the greatest hosts in the history of the show. And uh, there should definitely either be some type of mention or a plaque there at some point. Uh, that would be my only, you know, nitpick about the set design. But otherwise, iconic set, iconic uh, sketch, obviously. And Kaylee, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. I I loved it. I, I thought the writing was great it, because it just, it's exactly what you would imagine or how you would imagine these people reacting to John Mulaney, uh, Candace Bergen not knowing who he was, uh, Steve Martin calling him Megan Mullally. Uh, and when Conan came out, I, I, I have been in love with Conan O'Brien for as long as I can recall. And when he came out, I died. I was like, okay, I, I, t- I, did, a, I did like a double take. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I was so excited. And then his time was even like when he like uh, fumbled on his line and did his little drinky drinky you know, uh, improv. It was so him. And then live from uh, New York was just perfect. I, I loved it. And I, I just thought it, it flowed. The, the timing was good. It just it worked so well. I was so happy. 
Yeah, there, there was a lot in this. And I, and I did say, you know, I don't want to be too repetitive of what we said in the last show. But like I, I was saying, and, and similar to all of the panelists' thoughts, I mean, I cannot think of another show on television where you get something as fulfilling as something like this. I think that, um, you know, obviously, you know, they've, they've done the 15th anniversary, the 25th anniversary, and the 40th. And uh, the 40th was a night full of nostalgia. You got to see all these, you know, great famous people all together. I know that they did uh, a ton of, you know, shoots, uh, photo shoots for the five timers who were around at that time. And, um, you know, it's just it's very rare when you get these, at, you know, during an actual episode of Saturday Night Live, a canon episode. And uh, this was an incredible moment. I remember watching the Justin Timberlake one live and uh, it was, you know, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And I'm a huge Timberlake fan. So for me, it was just so cool. And just, um, you know, I purposely chose this Saturday not to be spoiled. I said, like anybody who was going to tell me it was in it, I was like, hey, I don't want to know. And I, and I did have that, you know, nice moment of not knowing that Elliot Gould was going to be there, um, which, you know, I, I totally, totally get that. Uh, you know, people were so excited about Conan and I, and I was too, but just to have Elliot Gould, somebody who hasn't been at the show since he was uh, swimming in the five timers pool in 1990 uh, was just so, so cool for me to see him there. And uh, if you have never watched an Elliot Gould hosted episode of SNL, what a great host he was back in the day. So I am interested. Uh, I'll get the panel's thoughts on this. Uh, a couple things about the five timers club. One uh, I'm interested to know, uh, are we going to get any more five timers before the 50th anniversary rolls around? Or is that the next time we're going to celebrate them? So um, I'll give you some, I'll throw out some names, some options potentially that are, you know, posted four times. Uh, Dana Carvey, uh, there's Emma Stone, uh, Charles Barkley, Chuck, uh, Woody Harrelson, Kristen Wiig. You know, those are all four timers now. Can Will one of them, you know, get into the five timers, you know, prior, you know, the next like two and a half years? Kaylee, what do you think? I think absolutely. Um, especially like, I think I would probably put Kristen Wiig at the top of that list. I, I think it's probably going to depend on which of these folks have something to promote uh, uh, that, you know, and the, the timing seems right, but I, I think it's very likely. I think this sketch was so fun and I think there will be so much positive reaction to it. And just the cameos in general are so fun that I, I think they're not going to hesitate to do another one soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Kristen Wiig probably is the betting favorite. Sammy, do you agree? And so that number for Kristen Wiig is counting her SNL at home. If SNL counts it, we have to, too. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if we're counting. So and this is something I'm wondering. So Paul Rudd's like, obviously, in this sketch, Paul Rudd, like, they made the joke about like, all right, you know, I'm giving him my jacket to John Mulaney. So is he like in the, are we considering Paul Rudd in the five timers club? Like officially, like despite. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I was making sure. I, I want to know like the canon and everything. Like it's similar yeah. to the Kristen Wiig situation is like, you know, a bit of an asterisk there, but I'll, I'll let it slide. Yeah. I think Kristen Wiig is definitely like the most likely. I probably would like to see Emma Stone there because um, as somebody who's super bad is my favorite movie, the fact that like Jonah Hill is already in the Five Timers Club, to have Emma Stone also be in the Five Timers Club, just as a personal W for me, I think that'd be pretty cool. But I think it'll definitely happen. Like somebody will, okay. will get it. All right, Gabby, let me get your thoughts. Is there somebody who's a four-timer who you think is going to get there in the next couple of years? Yeah, so I'm at least hoping for Kristen Wiig just because I think that that 
episode with her hosting is just like a recipe for success. I just feel like she'll be able to um, reprise all of her classic and iconic roles. And it seems like a great excuse to just get um, lots of cast members from her kind of generation of, you know, SNL royalty back on screen. And I'm sure that the fans will go crazy for it, especially because, you know, it's a little bit more recent and uh, I think I am also a little bit biased because that's kind of like the era of SNL that I grew up with and is probably closest and dearest to my heart. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's probably my my top, you know, wish. <laughs> I think it would be cool if Christian Wig does get that um, to do the Five Timers Club sketch with some people who we haven't seen do them before, like who were members of the cast, like Will Ferrell, uh, Bill Murray, like all like have it like something to do with like people who have been in the cast who are like five timers, I guess. I, I don't know Chevy Chase's status with the show, but you know, <laughs> I, I think like there, there's something there that I think would be uh, pretty cool. Absolutely. Mulaney, you know, as well with his history with the show. Yeah, for sure. And Chevy was in the 2013 one with Timberlake. So it's not like, you know, that's impossible. But, uh, you know, yeah, there are some ones like Danny DeVito who hasn't uh, come around in a while. Um, and, you know, Ben Affleck, could he be that Melissa McCarthy, The Rock, um, you know, while we'd be interesting to see in one of these. Uh, the other question we did ask our audience, and I'll get the panel's thoughts first, is which five timer do you wish was in the five timers club sketch this time that wasn't there? So Gabby, let me start with you this time. Is there a five timer that you would have liked to have seen in the sketch that we didn't get? Um, can I get some names that uh, were provided for the quiz? Well, sure. Well, anyone is, is available. I'll list the five timers who were not there. So um, Alec Baldwin obviously was not there. Uh, John, John Goodman. <laughs> Um, Tom Hanks was not there. Uh, there was a Chevy was not there. Christopher Walken, uh, Danny DeVito, Drew Barrymore, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Bill Murray, Justin Timberlake, Ben Affleck, Melissa McCarthy, Dwayne Johnson, Jonah Hill, Will Ferrell. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to go with John Goodman, mostly because I've been watching him on The Righteous Gemstones lately, if anyone is familiar with that HBO show. And he's just phenomenal in it. I don't know. I feel like he would just be a great kind of like a great like recall like to have him represent you know that era of snl and i feel like he's also still in the uh, public conscience because of this show um so yeah that that's who i who i wish was there okay sammy pick one that you wish was in the sketch i mean i feel like i gotta go with the you know I guess technically the OG member or the OG sketch with Tom Hanks. Um, because also we were, I mean, it, we definitely were going to get him for Paul Rudd's episode and he was there and, you know, was able to help out during that time. So um, I'm sure he was asked and I bet it was maybe some sort of scheduling thing. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely the person I'd like to see um, or would have liked to see. I mean, Scarlett Johansson would have been interesting. She never got like a, like five times she didn't have like a five timers sketch or anything like that right like when she hosted or maybe she got a jacket at the end like i don't I think remember she did anything. get her jackets i don't remember yeah. there being anything you know major celebration yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, has, she been, has she been on the show yeah, since she should, uh, yeah, says she got called <laughs> <laughs> i feel like she hasn't been on the show in a while either so it'd be nice to see her uh yes that is true uh kaylee do you have a vote for which five timer you would have liked to have seen in the sketch you know 
I'm going to go with Danny DeVito because simply for the fact, has that man ever been on your screen and not made you happy? I just, I, I, there's something about him. I don't know. I just want to bring on Danny. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I like that choice for sure. Um, we asked our social media audience, which other five timers would you have liked to have seen join John Mulaney in the five timers club sketch? And Tom Hanks won with 18.37% of the vote. John Goodman came in second, 14.29%. Scarlett Johansson came in third with 12.24%. Justin Timberlake, my, my personal choice, uh, would have been 10.2%. Uh, and Melissa McCarthy with 6.12%. So I came in fifth. So would have been nice to see these and hopefully they will show up in the future. Um, I know a lot of people in the chat are asking about, um, are asking about Paul Simon. Uh, I know this is a little bit controversial, but personally, I do not think he has hosted the show five times, but uh, that's just me. Um, okay. I do want to give a vote. A special guest we have watching us live in the chat, our friend uh, Rich Tackenberg. He did say that uh, we're all wrong and Melissa McCarthy definitely would have been the best energy added to the sketch. So uh, definitely some of the audience agreed with you, Rich. Um, okay. Let's talk about uh, another sketch that we knew was going to be happening in this episode, most likely, and it was uh, the fifth edition of a Mulaney musical. And Gabby, I know you wanted to talk about this sketch, so tell us what you thought about it. Yeah, I feel like as a New Yorker who has encountered plenty a uh, churro lady, mango lady, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on the subway, I just feel like I needed to bring this up. I personally do not um, imbibe in these delicacies, but, you know, I fully support those who do. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, everyone should, you know, at least once in your life, throw caution to the wind and just see what happens. Take a chair, see how your body feels. <laughs> It'll probably, you know, act as like a fourth COVID booster shot or a, a second booster shot. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I, I love that this existed and that at least it, you know, brought some light to this. And I, I don't know, I am also a fan of musicals, although I haven't watched all of the musicals that were referenced. I did have to look up some of the references after the show. And so I was a big fan of that. I also feel like it kind of captured a bit of the New York experience with, you know, everyone knows that the F train is terrible. If you can avoid it, at, please do at all costs. Um, and you should always, always be wary of an empty subway car as it rolls into the station. I mean, I personally haven't encountered a flasher, but you just, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Um, uh, actually, Gabby, I, I think it was a fapper, to be clear. Uh, uh, on the train. <laughs> Pretty sure it was a fapper. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you can't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say you can't have one without the other, but you definitely can. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't know, I thought it was great. It felt um, kind of grand in a way. I don't know another adjective to kind of describe it. Just felt like it could have been someone's kind of farewell because it just involved so many people, so many elements, so many great uh, musical numbers. And um, I also just wanted to mention that I think that I really need a full-length version of Kyle Mooney in Dreamgirls. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that. Dear, him doing Dear Evan Hansen was very, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, that, that was really great. Uh, Kaylee, what did you think? I thought it was good. Uh, it was not 
and that it was not bad. Uh, my, my thing with the, the Mulaney musicals, I, I think the very first one was the best one. And I think, um, you know, and that was the, the Diner Lobster with the Les Miserables. And I actually really liked how they stuck to one musical and there was a common theme. All the other ones, I believe, if I'm correct, um, have had different musical or different numbers from different musicals. And I think those are all good. I just think it's so much more satisfying when you're able to create funny within like a, a certain theme and it all works. Um, so yeah, it was a little hectic for me, um, but I thought there were some really good moments. I, th I thought Faffin in the Rain was hilarious. Kyle was was uh, funny. Um, yeah, those are the moments that stuck out to me. But yeah, I thought I thought it was good, but um, it didn't like excite me out of control. I, I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I think. Look, I think if you if you love Broadway, you love this stuff. So right. I think it works for you every single time. If you're, you know, not, not a hater, but if you're just, it's not your thing. I, I do wonder how this plays. Uh, Sammy, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I, I'm kind of just a sucker for all of these. Um, you know, I kind of was of the mindset after the third one, like, all right, yeah, maybe they'll just do a trilogy and then move on. But at this point, now that they've done it every single time he's hosted, like I'm always like looking forward to it. Uh, I think this one was probably like, I'd, like if I were to rank them all, it's probably like my third favorite. Like I think it was definitely better than the last one they did, um, and uh, the Bodega Bathroom as well. But no, I, I really liked it. A lot of good bits to it. Something that like I thought was kind of a a very subtle, fresh of breath air to the sketch, which John, maybe you think, maybe you can see what I'm about to say. Maybe not. But um, swapping out Pete for Dismutes. Um, okay. as the, as like the Chris Red sidekick, I thought maybe worked better for this kind of thing. Cause he, I, I don't know. Pete is kind of just playing himself and not that like Dismukes is playing like this, you know, character that's so different from Dismukes, but I, I don't know. There's something about it that just matches the energy more of how the sketch went on. I liked how just randomly he like has a lisp. Like, and it was like a very funny lisp and they, you know, they, they pointed out and he gets involved in some of the musical numbers, which I don't think Pete's character ever did. And yeah, no. So I thought like, obviously that was out of necessity. And I don't think that was a creative choice because Pete wasn't there, but uh, I thought that was like a cool change up. Really enjoyed the, the mole man fiddler on the roof. Parody, seeing like the future. That's what players. I thought you were going to say. Yeah, well, yeah. The, 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 like the Jewish it, influence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not my only. That's not my one note. All right, just some Jew. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love seeing the featured cast members like all dressed um, as Jew, as, as like stereotypical Jewish, Jewish people in the background. Yeah. I mean, uh, and also like, I feel like I've said this a lot on this show, but Sarah Sherman could do like anything, like with limited screen time, like. She didn't have any lines, but her like behind Mulaney, just like making like a funny face, like with her like beard, her fake beard, like that was a highlight. Like Punky, Punky, I thought had a really great role. Like all, like I, I like these sketches, especially when we have such a big cast that even like even though there are still some cast members that didn't have a role to play in this, um, you know, a lot of them got to shine. I mean, Alex Moffat. Um, fapping on the train i mean that was incredible uh the, the little pixelated um you know prop that they put over his junk was also funny very funny visual humor so yeah no overall uh i like this one definitely not the best but 
you know, far from the worst of this series. I'm sorry, just wanted to comment that Alex Moffat faffing on the train was incredible is probably a sentence that has never been spoken before. <laughs> and now and now knowing John, that's gonna be a soundbite. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'll play my Gabby soundbite. But um yeah, I, I do have to talk about uh just you know, the set design here was just uh, unbelievable. I think we had a water tank in a previous sketch, but anything like the uh, you know, the train moving in the background um was really, really cool. Um so for me, uh there was just a lot of stuff here and I think that what what you know when these work they feel fun and not forced and i think this one felt more fun than forced now the big thing that you know like like a previous you know obviously we had 80 as jesus come out like a, like another biblical figure i i parted the commentary seas on saturday night when i said uh that i think that we should close the book on these uh a lot of people in the comments were like uh were like no 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 i we have to get these every single time Melanie hosts and a lot of people were like yeah okay let's end out on a high that was my my opinion on it. I'd love to go around the panel and say, if Mulaney hosts again, does he have to do this? Or can we just, you know, close the book on these? Uh, Kaylee, I'll start with you. I think like any great artist who finds a niche, I think every few years you have to kind of blow that thing up and completely reinvent it. So I would not be sad if we don't see another Mulaney musical on SNL, but maybe it could be replaced with something based on that but totally unexpected something we can't even imagine at this point i i think he could find something cool that becomes his next new signature yes i agree gabby what do you think yeah i feel like it this um could actually act as like the end i don't know because there was so much like because everybody was involved. It just felt like a kind of fever dream of like cast members coming in and out and just craziness. I feel like it was kind of the big hurrah and it, they can end it after this. I feel like it's a good note to end it on. All right. So I, I, I like this. All right, Sam, what do you think? I think, I mean, here's what I think. I think like kind of like what we've talked about on the show is that like the current cast you know, this this era is, you know, maybe coming to a close, maybe not as cast members still stay on the show. But, you know, while you have someone like a Cecily Strong or Keenan who are still on the cast, I feel like and Mulaney keeps doing his streak of, you know, hosting every season. I feel like, oh, yeah. No. Like, why? Did, you, did you just say streak? I'm fapping on the train. <sighs> Please go on. All right. Uh, where, where was I? I don't even know. Um, no, I'm, I'm basically what I'm saying is like, if everything stays the same next season, which the way things have been happening recently, like it, it probably will. I feel like, yeah, I think you keep doing these. I think if someone like Cecily leaves or for whatever reason, Mulaney like doesn't host next season and takes a year off. Like, I feel like that could be like a good clean break. But I think like, you know, when you have these people in the building, like I feel like you might as well. Like I've always enjoyed these. I've definitely, these are sketches that I go back to every once in a while. And I'm not even like the biggest musical, you know, uh, person. So I'd like to see more of these. Okay. So we did ask our audience as well. We said, do you want the Mulaney musical traditions to continue? And uh, pretty overwhelmingly, 80.92% said yes. 19.08% said no. So uh, obviously, uh, it seems like four to five people would like to see this continue. So uh, I guess we will see what is going to happen. Uh, I assume that this is just a lot of fun for them to write. So if Melanie is back, uh, you know, 
they'll they'll do this again um i'm fine with them not doing it but whatever uh i had a good time with this one so i'm, I'm glad that it happened um okay so the sketch that I want to talk about from this episode, obviously there was a ton of great stuff. It was a really wonderful episode, uh, but I loved what I saw from the monkey judge, the monkey trial that we got with John Mulaney as Judge Tango. I think that in the last couple episodes where we saw John Mulaney, uh, we started, you know, not getting as many fresh ideas. And uh, recently uh, with our patrons, we did a watch party of the previous four episodes of John Mulaney's hosting career. And I was trying to figure out with a couple of our patrons what made John Mulaney 1 and 2 work so much better than John Mulaney 3 and 4. And I sort of felt that John Mulaney came in for one and two, and he really influenced the tone of the episode. And it really felt like a lot of, I mean, we know for a fact, he had a lot of sketches that he didn't get on back in, you know, 2008. And he brought them to 20, you know, 18, 19. And I felt that what happened with John Mulaney three and four was that episode was way more influenced by the current writing style. And I don't know that that worked as well in terms of some of the sketches we were seeing in these episodes. But Monkey Trial, for me, which ended up being written by Please Don't Destroy, and I assume that Mulaney had some influence like he did for most of the sketches in this episode, was a really fresh concept. I know a lot of people made comparisons to Unfrozen, a caveman lawyer with Phil Hartman back in the day. But for me, um, this was really fun. I loved that there were not a lot of cast members in this. And even Cecily's role in this was limited to the back half of the sketch. So I was excited to see, you know, Melissa, who was in a starring role with Keenan, JJ and Mulaney. And they were just working off each other on a really fun concept. And it's something that we don't always get on SNL these days. So I, I really love this one. Kaylee, what did you think of it? I I liked it. Um, I first of all, I, I've been wanting them to do a sketch where one or more people are, are animals for a while. Uh, we don't see a lot of like silliness like that uh, anymore. Nowadays, we get a lot of sketches where it's like one crazy person with a bunch of normal people or something like that, you know. But I've been wanting to see something kind of offbeat like this for a while. My only kind of critique about it, because I, I did think it was good, I just he he was. I wish maybe, I don't know. And you know, like SNL has the greatest makeup and, and hair and, and uh, costuming teams of all time. But like, I almost wish like maybe he looked more like a monkey because like him being both man and monkey, I was like, I feel like it'd be funnier if he talked more like a man, but looked more like a monkey. I, there was something like off balance in the visuals versus the jokes for me. Um, but I thought I thought it was very clever. Um, and just weird. I thought it was great that they, they leaned into the weird more than they have, uh, or at least in this particular brand of weird. Uh, haven't seen something like this in a little while. Kaylee, can I make a pitch for you? What I think was missing from this sketch that may have changed your mind on it just a little bit, Please. which was in the 19, I would say like probably the late 80s, early 90s, SNL would do a bunch of recurring sketches where they would create theme songs specifically for those sketches that would tell the background of the characters. Like yes. I think of Tom Hanks's Mr. Short Term Memory. And I think that that's what we needed for this sketch was a theme song for how John Mulaney turned into a monkey. I think I, then you buy into it. I think you're exactly right. I didn't think of that. And I think that would have filled in all the blanks. I, yes, I completely agree. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm glad, glad I, I got your approval. Uh, Sammy, what did you think of Monkey Trial? Uh, yeah, I really liked this one. I loved how it came on like right after the monologue as well. Just like kind of like hit the ground running as far as like an absurd concept on the show. Um, I mean, personally, like, yeah, I loved like how it was just like a juxtaposition between like the Mulaney, like looking like a monkey, but like just delivering jokes like he was John Mulaney. Like he had no, no, uh, you know, difference at all in like the way he was delivering things. I mean, I, I just thought, you know, I haven't come across many monkeys in my day, but like all of the references, like, like I somehow I'm like, oh yeah, like a pile of shredded like paper. Yeah, that's that makes it like some for some reason my brain knows that monkeys like that. Or like the throwing sand, the show dominance and stuff like that. Like a lot of like really good visual humor that um you know, didn't didn't overstay its welcome. It, it did, like, John, kind of like what you're saying with the theme song of it all, it really did feel like something you would see on the show in, like, the early 90s. And maybe it's the unfrozen caveman lawyer connection to it all. But, yeah, it was just something that even, I don't even feel like in Mulaney's era writing on the show, like, you necessarily saw something like this. So it, it was definitely, like, a nice change of pace to kind of see um a sketch like this uh, I, I really enjoyed it yeah and, and i'm giving free marketing advice for anybody who wants to take the time in the next few days and write the theme song to monkey judge because i promise you if you put that out on social media it would be a very big deal okay gabby what'd you think of this sketch um i will say that it wasn't one of my favorites <laughs> of the night um i felt that <laughs> I watched it a couple of times because the first one, the first time that I watched it, it didn't really hit for me um, because I thought that it was just a little bit too out there. It felt a bit like a 10 to one um, as soon as it started. And to me, it was a bit strange to have it be the first sketch of the night. Um, but I did kind of enjoy like the pacing in it and uh, that back and forth between um, John Mulaney and Cecily Strong uh, with the, what was it? I love monkey or whatever she said. Oh, I love baby. Yes. She, said, she said this, Gabby. You are the alpha. <laughs> you are the alpha. Oh, yes, yes. I thought that was great, but that was kind of like the the peak for me <laughs> in this one. I don't know. Maybe my, my humor just needs to be like weirder. <laughs> like just... Like, I like the uh, Nickelodeon sketch that they did, uh, 80s role in it. I don't know why. I think that just kind of, that kind of silliness hits something in me and it just makes me giddy. <laughs> and this didn't really have that for me. For sure. Well, let's transition over to anything else from the episode that we want to make sure we talk about. And Gabby, that's a great point. Let, let me get your thoughts fully on the Nickelodeon sketch that we saw. Yeah, I just thought it was dumb fun. <laughs> And that's what I enjoyed about it. Um, I I don't know. It just it's a crazy premise. I mean, who thinks of this? The different consistencies of the slime. I feel like someone just watched a clip of something on YouTube from the eighties and thought, "Hey, that looks weird." <laughs> Let's write a whole sketch about this. Um, it felt a little bit. Um, if anyone's familiar with Degrassi, felt like a bit of an unhinged Degrassi Junior High with the very serious insults, <laughs> and then the 
a silly slime. So I don't know. I also feel that uh, John Mulaney just seems Canadian to me. So I thought it was fitting. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is definitely true. Sammy, what did you think of what we saw from Nickelodeon show? Yeah, I think someone like uh, in the writer's room, like just has a, uh, is a big fan of Nickelodeon or something. We got that double dare sketch a couple weeks ago that I really enjoyed in the Will Forte episode. And yeah, someone who grew up on Nickelodeon, just like the premise alone was funny. And it was like such a, it was kind of doing two different things. It was doing like the jokes that you see on a sitcom from that era that don't necessarily age well, like alongside the physical humor of somebody getting slimed incorrectly or at a bad moment. So it, it was funny to me on that level to where like they were doing like two totally different things and just kind of like mashing them together. Um, so I thought it was just like incredibly dumb, but the, the physical humor of it all uh, really worked. I'm, I'm really curious if after Mulaney got slimed, if like he ad-libbed like, or he improvised, like he was like, just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like it felt, it felt like a genuine like reaction. Like, he didn't think it was going to be, as intense or anything like that um but i don't know yeah i I thought this was like dumb fun i kind of wish this had i mean just i guess with like the the pacing of the show this like felt like a good place to end and then we had that additional sketch of the the cupid shuffle so maybe they could have you know thrown in a a weekend update guest and had this kind of be that 10 to 1 spot i think that maybe would have been the best way to go but then on the other hand you don't have mulaney introducing um lcd sound system like covered in slime which also you know isn't has, doesn't necessarily relate to the sketch itself but i thought you know it's just another uh thing that made this a, a very good moment for sure i really enjoy this one as well kaylee what did you think of it yeah well i mean if you're of a certain age you know the fascination with nickelodeon slime and i, I loved it i loved i love 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 the choice to have the slime uh hit its victims in various ways <laughs> i thought that was really funny particularly um how it just kind of like spurted out from a downward from an upward angle at uh sarah sherman and john mulaney that was just so funny Careful. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was concerned. I was like, I really, really, really want to know what's in this because it was all in their mouths and their eyes, and I just it couldn't. It couldn't have been fun to 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 have experienced. I'm curious what it was made out of. If anyone knows, that would be some great uh, behind the scenes uh, trivia. <laughs> yeah, that that would be really interesting because it really got like deep into into Sarah's and John Mulaney's mouth. So uh, that would be uh, very funny. Uh, some people in the chat were asking who wrote this. This was a uh, new writer, uh, Tesha Kondrat, Mikey Day, and Kyle Mooney all wrote this one together. So um, yeah, I mean, I just, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun and um, yeah, just a, just a really great night of sketches. So Sammy, uh, is there anything else from the episode you want to make sure that we talk about tonight? Uh, I mean, those, everything we've talked about have definitely been my, my highlights, I would say. Um, I mean, I guess the only other thing I would mention is the COVID dinner sketch. Um, I, I don't know. It always fascinates me, people in, the, in this community who will see a sketch like this and be like, oh, this is something they did two or three years ago with like a different topic. Like to me, like that kind of like flew um, over my head. This felt like something they hadn't done before. Um, 
So to me, like the format of it felt fresher than maybe if I remember if I'd remember that they had done this like a couple years ago. Um, but you know, definitely some of the observations in the sketch to me, like there are definitely some that I'm like, oh yeah, the <laughs> having the the restaurants uh, be in the middle of the street, just like smaller restaurants or like. Um, you know, taking off a mask at a birthday party, even though you're wearing a mask the entire time, but to eat, like those observations I thought were like funny and like things that like my friends and I have talked about over the last two years, whereas like other ones, you know, not so much, but I don't know. Overall, I thought like it was solid, you know, it gave us the the moment of Heidi, uh, you know, snapping her fingers with the infinity gauntlet, which I feel like is just bound to become a gif. Um, that I'm going to see on Twitter for now on. So, you know, yeah. if there's anything to take away from that, uh, you know, there's that. For sure. Well, G- Gabby, I mean, you're a New Yorker. So are people having these conversations when they're going out to restaurants now? Um, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I, I haven't been, I've been on the uh, side of the spectrum that's been a bit more, I'll say, reserved or careful when Fair going enough. out. But um yeah, I enjoyed it. I really liked the attention to detail um, with the, you know, with the snap that she did disappear <laughs> from the rest of the sketch. Um, and yeah, I, I like Kaylee said earlier in the show that it felt a bit too close to home, <laughs> and that's a bit how I felt, um, you know, watching it. That I've had some of these conversations with people in real life and it's just a little bit touchy of very much careful. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're, you're not like, tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and also like, you know, when someone starts to say something, you know, it could go one way or the other and you're just really hoping <laughs> that it doesn't turn into a whole thing. Cause you just want to get on with your day. <laughs> yeah, that is uh that is very fair. Kaylee, what did you think of the careful sketch we got? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, it was a little depressing, <laughs> I have to say. But I like that it kind of poked fun at, at the fact that it was like, uh, let's talk about this emotional uh, topic, uh, you know, uh, with Keenan's line that he had. Um, but yeah, I thought, I, you know what my favorite part of it was? It was very subtle, but I loved Bowen's performance in it. He had this like quiet anger and he barely had any lines but I, I think he, he he nailed his his um kind of reserved role that he had it was really cool i agree i i also really liked the ending which was very subtle i don't know if, if everybody caught it but Mulaney at the end said this when an anti-vaxxer gets it i feel happy <laughs> it's just like right at the end yeah <laughs> Oh, it was it was good. Uh, a lot of great ones in this episode. Kaylee, was there anything else from the episode you want to make sure we talk about? Uh, yeah, the weekend update was was interesting. Um, yeah, do you want me okay. to elaborate? Or you- yeah, please, please. How did you feel? About it? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I definitely did miss um, having characters pop on when it was over. I was like, wait, it's over, you know. Um, so I did miss that. I, I thought, um, and this is someone who who has a lot to learn about, you know, uh, everything going on. Um, with uh ukraine um I, I admit that i need to learn much more than i already know um but from my perspective and again with limited knowledge i felt like they handled the jokes um delicately but i, w- I was glad they chose to go there but they didn't come off to me at least as insensitive i wonder how other people feel about that i'd love to hear other people's opinions um 
I I loved Michael Che's joke. Uh, it was kind of what I was alluding to earlier. And and again, it, it's uh, I, I I hope I really hope I'm I'm understood when I, when I say what I'm about to say. Um, but yeah, seeing the, seeing the media's um, reaction to this particular crisis versus other crises in the world that involve people of color, um, it's you know I, I like that. Uh, they chose to include the joke about, you know, being with a white country. Again, that's nothing against um, the victims of, of, of anything happening now. Um, I think it's it's just important to, to point that out, how the media chooses to cover and what the media chooses to cover. Um, so I, I thought that was um, a, a fair and interesting uh, choice of a joke to make. Um, but but yeah, I thought the jokes all worked from this one. Um, and yeah, I just, I, it, even without the characters, which I really, really missed, um, I, I thought it was a good weekend update. For sure. Yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, mm-hmm. Gabby, is uh, how did you feel about weekend update overall? Uh, yeah, I also thought it was quite short. I guess they had to, you know, spend more time during like the doing the subway churro, uh, subway churro sketch and things like that. Um, but yes, I think that maybe, honestly, that Michael Che joke was kind of like a preview of what may come in the next few episodes, uh, the way that SNL in general is going to start approaching this very serious um, conflict, just kind of, you know, little jokes like that. Um, I One thing that did stand out to me was the uh, reference to the NBC Olympics. I don't know if any of you have seen, but... I guess Leslie Jones has started um, commenting on it, like just in her spare time, because she just really loves uh, the Olympics. And a lot of people have been, um, you know, listening in to what she has to say and rallying behind her. And I know that she had some sort of, uh, you know, I guess NBC just didn't necessarily like what she was doing. I, I only looked into this like very briefly, so I don't know the specifics of what was happening. But I know that people were definitely rallying for her to um, like be one of the commenta- commentators for the Winter Olympics. And so it would have been insane, although I don't think very um, likely <laughs> if she had made an appearance in the Weekend Update to say something about the uh, Winter Olympics. Because it seems that a lot of people really enjoy uh, the kind of commentary that she has. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you follow Leslie on Twitter, she used to comment about Game of Thrones episodes, and it was just the most amazing thing in the world. And I did actually see some of her commentary on Twitter about the Winter Olympics. And truth be told, it was more you know exciting than the actual Winter Olympics. So uh, definitely a mistake. And I think that uh, definitely no no need to alienate uh, Leslie. So um, I would love to see her uh, back on Zyra Live at some point. That would be really fun. Um, Sammy, let me get your thoughts on Weekend Update. Obviously, no guest commentaries this week. So d- an interesting choice. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was, like, solid. I mean, I, I've rarely, like, uh, we can update in this era is, like, definitely one of the more consistent aspects of the show every week. I think Michael Michael Che and Colin Jost, uh, you know, they're, they're just good, good at telling and writing jokes. Um, as far as, like, the idea of, you know, not having guests, yeah, I mean, this episode, I, I definitely didn't miss it. Um, I, I do think, like... You know, there there was was like a sketch or two, like the um, the, uh, the the dog food sketch that I mentioned earlier that I didn't love so much. I mean, like you know, if I had to 
you know, trade out like something from the episode, um, you know, for like a guest, like, you know, do something like that. Um, but, you know, as far as like going forward, I mean, like the episode overall was so strong that, you know, uh, look at me over here being greedy that, you know, I'd like, I'd want like another, you know, weekend update guest, you know, I mean, obviously it's just another opportunity, especially for the newer cast members to get airtime, you know, and I know, you know, this week, uh, I don't think any of the featured players were the ones, but you know, it's people like you know, Alex and, um, Melissa, right. I think they had, you know, segments that were cut. So, I mean, you know, always good to see them, um, more often, but as far as like going forward, yeah, I mean, you know, if you have better live sketch material or pre-taped material that hits better than a weekend update guest, then I don't think the show needs to like feel compelled to, you know, put a character on, uh, you know, in those weeks. I, I think it's just like a case by case sort of thing. I, I agree. And uh, Sammy, as to what you said about the dog food sketch. Um, People like you should be hung in a public square. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I didn't I, know any of that. I, 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 <laughs> Yeah, so I agree. Um, yes, but uh, th this was a big question. This was something we did ask on social media. We were curious. Uh, this particular question, which was for action-packed episodes of Saturday Night Live, just like this one, uh, do you think having no guest commentary on Weekend Update is a good thing? Is it you know best to do without, or do we always need guests? And I don't really have a clear opinion on it, and it seemed that neither does the audience. We have a pretty much 50-50 split on both Twitter and Instagram when we ask. So I think that uh, the fact that the truth is uh, this did work. I mean, was it the best update of the season? Definitely not. I mean, I know a lot of people felt like it was just okay. Uh, but I don't think that that is, uh, you know, a, a, like just because they didn't have guest commentaries doesn't necessarily mean that that is going to dictate the overall tone and quality of a weekend update. So if you need to be flexible, if it's not working, then, you know, do it without the guests. I'm okay with that. So, um, yeah, I I'm fine either way. Um, okay. So, uh, the other, you know, just, you know, going through the sketches, anything else I did want to mention, uh, I did, you know, the other thing on update I did like, I did like when Colin Jost uh, made the joke about the uh, two batteries that were stuck in that man's penis. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a very good one um uh of course we brought up earlier during the five timers club but i did love uh this line from steve martin which oh, was oh megan malali just just a, a very wonderful uh line and yeah i think we pretty much covered everything that we wanted to talk about from this episode uh let's talk mvps so uh you know obviously just looking at the sketches from the night everybody got a sketch in the episode ego and bow and rolly in one tonight pete wasn't in the house um andrew and aristotle were also in one thing uh, as far as future players were concerned uh cecily won the night with five sketches keenan was in four um and then you know we obviously had a, a pretty decent uh split between other people in three and two sketches so uh, what we do every single week is we ask on Twitter and Instagram. You could always find these polls up on Mondays before our roundtables. Uh, you, you can answer the question, who is the episode MVP? It could be the host. It could be the musical guest. It could be cameos. It could be, um, you know, any cast member. Anyone who appeared on Saturday Night Live can be the MVP. We have tallied up the results. And before I bring them up, I will ask our panel what they think. Give me a top three for the MVP for this week. Sammy, do you want me to start with you? Yeah, I think I got this. All right. I think Mulaney was number one. Then number two was Conan. And then number three, I'm going to go with Cecily. Cecily. Okay. Gabby, you want to go next? 
Um, yes, I think that probably Melania will be number one, and then I think um, Paul Rudd will probably be number two, and then probably Conan. People seem really excited about him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, all the hype was coming from you know the host and the guests on the show this week, not necessarily the cast. So I certainly see why you went with those choices. Kaylee, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, John Mulaney is probably number one. Um, then maybe Conan because he was just a surprise and loved. Uh, and then I think maybe number three, Steve Martin, just because of you know legend. You know, I'll, I'll guess him. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, totally fair. All right, so I'm going to bring up on screen our MVP votes. And the, really interesting, I mean, there were votes, you know, for more cameos in this particular one than any other vote we've had for MVPs the entire season. So our episode MVP results for the John Mulaney episode is John Mulaney coming in first place with 23.81% of the vote. Conan comes in second with 19.05% of the vote. And Paul Rudd comes in third with 13.33% of the vote. Cecily came in fourth, 8.57. And the Please Don't Destroy Guys came in fifth with 4.76% of the vote. All right. So really amazing episode to start off our run here at the end of February and the beginning of March. I am pumped for what is to come. Next week, we have Oscar Isaac hosting for the first time. And we saw Oscar earlier this season. Uh, we saw him on the Jason Sudeikis episode in What Up With That. And obviously, he you know made some friends at the show and they, they wanted him to come back. I believe he's going to be promoting the new Marvel series coming out. That'll be Moon Knight. Uh, that's coming out later in March. So it'll be very, very fun. Obviously, a very well-known actor. And uh, Charlie XCX gets a second shot to be the musical guest after missing out on that Christmas show. So, Kaylee, what are your thoughts on the show we will see next week with Oscar and Charlie? I think Oscar will either soar, like in the Adam Driver type of way, because he's such a, you know, we're used to seeing him in dramatic roles, but maybe he'll be, like, really, really funny. Maybe he won't. I'm hoping for the former. Um, and the Charlie XCX, uh, hopefully uh, she'll come in and, and hit really hard. Uh, I know it seemed like she was really sad when she had to uh, cancel before, so hopefully um, she'll get to rejoice and it'll be a great performance. Okay, Sammy, what do you think about Oscar Isaac coming in, continuing the uh, Marvel tradition we've seen all season? Yeah, no, I uh, definitely a lot of Marvel hosts this season, but I think that says a lot more about the state of Hollywood right now than it does who SNL's booking. Um, but no, I'm super excited. Uh, when he popped up on the What Up With That earlier in the season, um, I was just like, whoa, that's Oscar Isaac, somebody who I've been you know, a huge fan of over the last couple of years. You know, definitely one of the um, you know, best working actors right now um, at the moment. So um, I definitely do have like an Adam Driver, Timothy Chalamet level sort of hope and expectation as far as like how he'll do as an SNL host. Um, I tweeted out earlier today a video of um, a scene from the movie Ex Machina that he was in. And this there's a scene of him dancing for like two minutes that is probably like the silliest he's ever been in a movie and because he doesn't really do comedies um, and it's in a very serious movie. But um, I said, if he brings this kind of energy for the show this weekend, then we're in for a very good show. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping to see. So um, I'm fingers crossed in that regard, but I'm definitely excited. I agree. Gabby, are you excited? Yes. 
Because I think it's always fun to see uh, someone who is known for their dramatic roles in, you know, a setting like SNL, to see their uh, comedy pipes and how well they sound. Um, I guess, you know, if he was invited to host because of his uh, cameo in the Jason Sudeikis episode, then, you know, clearly some people, you know, the higher ups in SNL saw something in him that seemed promising. Um, but then again, it also could just be he wants to promote the movie that's coming out. So I'm not sure. But I think just in general, um, I have no expectations, just ready to be wowed or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I just really hope that SNL continues the momentum from this week. I think that we're, you know, we're back in a good place right now with the show. I think the writing was really crisp. I want to see what's going to happen this week to see if we're on that path where we're going to have a very strong end to the second half of the season so obviously uh eight more episodes to go in this season and i want to continue the momentum now that we're going to have eight episodes in the next uh 12 weeks i believe so a lot of saturday Night live uh that's going to be coming up very very soon so very excited to what we're going to see from oscar isaac and you know we'll be talking about that all week long on the podcast so uh if you're you know just coming in live for the end of our roundtable, go back check that out check out our hot take show from saturday night it was really really fun to get uh, to talk to the panel we had a new uh, podcaster with us kalina she was really really great on the show with us as well as andrew haynes so check out that show and the show from tonight we also have our patron feedback show on wednesday night that'll be at 8 p.m eastern you can join us live for that show with patron alex p roger if you would like to podcast with me and talk about Saturday Night Live, join us at patreon.com slash the SNL network where we can talk about SNL for one week this season or, or multiple weeks, maybe, maybe uh, depending on when you are able to join us this season. If you want to get your questions in for the show, make sure to answer our form that we're going to post tomorrow on Twitter and on Instagram in our stories. And we will make sure to answer all of your questions on Wednesday night. On Thursday, we have Hollywood Dish. And just a quick programming note, that'll be starting at 9 p.m. Eastern instead of 8 this week. We have hosts Nicole and Rebecca that will be back to talk about everything that is happening in pop culture to get you ready for the Oscar Isaac and Charlie XCX episode. I believe they have a special guest on this week as well. One of our great podcasters, Morgan, will be joining them on Thursday. And then Saturday night, we are back for Oscar Isaac and Charlie XCX's episode of Saturday Night Live. Join us for the hot take show about 1.10 a.m. immediately after the show airs to break down everything from the Oscar Isaac and Charlie XCX episode. So I look forward to seeing you all in the chat for that. Okay, Kaylee, please tell the listeners where they can reach out to you and all the wonderful podcasting you are doing. Yeah, well, you all can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at ZE Kaylee Morrison. Uh, also, you can check out my podcast that I co-host with my sister, which is Twin Indigenous. And it's a pop culture podcast. We just happen to be two Indigenous twin sisters. So we have our Indigenous perspective, but it is a pop culture podcast. So it's for everybody. So I hope you'll check out uh, Twin Indigenous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely do that. Kaylee is incredible at what she does. Okay. My pleasure. Uh, Sammy, you are incredible at what you do too. And uh, it's always a pleasure to get to talk to a super fan of Saturday Night Live. So thanks for joining us tonight. You just called me incredible. You just made, made my whole night. Wow. I, uh, Sean, always great to uh, you know, be on this end of the virtual table with you. Uh, you guys can find me at that Sammy K on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, and yeah, definitely check out the SNL Superfan Takeovers. Most recently, 
we did an episode uh, for Valentine's Day. So, you know, it's still February right now. So if you're still in that Valentine's Day spirit, you know, go uh, check out that episode and watch us talk about our favorite uh, sketches that have to do with all things love and romance and gets a little raunchy. And then also I was just on the Hollywood dish, as John mentioned earlier, with uh, the great Nicole and Rebecca and uh, had a lot of fun talking about uh, Kanye and the Oscars. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. And if you wanted to ever hear Sammy or Bill or Haynes or Haskell talk about their love lives, check out that super fan takeover. It's a great time. So uh, really, we get real deep, really deep into all that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Careful. All right. I got it. I got it, John. Um, Gabby, where can the listeners reach out to you? Thank you for joining us as always. Yeah, of course. So happy to be here. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of boring on social media. I don't really have a podcast to promote. Um, but if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at modestly underscore. No, at modestly awesome. See, that's how bad I am at this. I don't even know my own Instagram handle. But um, if not there, then, you know, I pop in and out here, you know, doing this uh, very fantastic podcast. Yeah, Gabby, when are we going to get you on Twitter? Um, I don't know. I'm bad at it. <laughs> We're, we're going to make this happen. We'll make yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, sure. if you can and, tell from my Instagram handle, I'm just phenomenal at coming up with usernames <laughs> slash just sticking with the ones that I came up with in high school. So, <laughs> okay, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come up with something for you. Okay. So, for sure. Anyways, thank you for cool. joining us, Gabby. And uh, unlike Gabby, I have a podcast. Yeah, I do. So it's the SNL Network, and we have so much fun every single week here with all the different panelists. And if you are enjoying what you are getting to hear from us, please click that subscribe button, whether it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. It really helps us grow and helps people find the show, and I really appreciate it. If you ever wanted to leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, uh, you can go ahead and do that. I always love to hear people's feedback. And I really appreciate those reviews as they come in. Like I said, helps people find the show. And if you ever wanted to talk to me about what we're doing here, you can either follow us at the SNL Network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, or follow me at John Shire 24 and send us a message so we can continue to connect with all the people around the SNL community and continue to make great content for all of you. Okay. For everybody in the chat, I appreciate you. For Kaylee, Gabby, Sammy, and myself, John Schneider, we will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.